0: DBM delivers experiences that go beyond the ordinary and suspend reality. From powerful loudspeakers to state-of-the-art projection systems, and from high-quality processors to exceptional acoustic treatment solutions and screens, DBM partners with pioneering brands, including Barco Residential, complete acoustic treatment systems, display technologies, Trinov, Waterfall Audio and Meridian Audio. We give you the very best high performance products for your home cinema projects. Like you, we're committed to achieving excellence. Visit distributedbym.com to find out more. Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home, the podcast that's produced by the home integration community for the home integration community. This industry began life in the US and today we're going to take a look at five integrated home growth areas in the US and ask if they're likely to make more of an impact over here in the UK and Europe. My name is Jeff Hayward, welcome to The Integrated Home. AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors, bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com. Our expert guest for today is joining us all the way from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and is a name familiar, I'm sure, to many in our integrated home audience, it's John Siaka. Welcome to the show, John. Jeff, thank you very much. It's great to be here on the show. I wish I could join you in person. Well,
1: so do I. Of course, John. So do I. Of course, we're both gutted over the, the recent loss this morning, but we're moving on.
0: Uh, yeah, we're recording this on the, the day of uh, England's second test defeat to Australia in the ashes. And John is a, is a huge cricket fan, so it, it's hurt him badly.
1: The the ripples of shock have made their way all the way to our shores. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now, there might be one or two people out there thinking, who the heck is John Siaka and what can he possibly know? So, John, can you tell us a bit about you and your background?
1: Absolutely. So I um, joined this industry in 1998. Um, I used to be a golf professional and I uh, saw a, a home theater system, got so inspired by it. I uh, quit my job, moved cross country, and became an installer and uh, over the past uh, almost 24 years um, I work what I call day job um, at an integration firm in, in Murrells Inlet South Carolina and um, we're a smallish company but um, do a pretty decent job so I meet with uh, with homeowners on a daily basis um, design projects and um, sell them install them um, I can do the whole package and on top of that I've also for the past uh, 20 years been involved in the journalism side, uh, write for um, several publications over here, Sound and Vision, Residential Systems, um, have done work for other magazines like Luxury Home Quarterly and Digital Trends and Cedia. Um, So kind of see both sides of the fence.
0: Am I right in thinking that you're about to launch a, a new venture in the publishing world, John? I have. You know. Again,
1: I'm not quite busy enough, so I've added on another thing. Um, we just started a new venture called CineLux. It's C-I-N-E-L-U-X-E.com, and it's going to be all about luxury home entertainment. So we kind of looked at that segment of the market and found that no one was really covering it, and um, we want to really focus on the high end. And ideally, uh, it's going to be consumer-facing where um, integrators would use it as a tool. We would educate their, their customers, tell them about what's possible, excite them about it, and then send them back to the best integrators to hopefully hope the industry close more luxury sales. So it's a kind of an exciting new thing. Well, it's actually been out now for two weeks today. So uh, we're still pretty new and uh, building out the site, but we're pretty excited about it.
0: Wonderful. Right. So we're going to look at five things happening in the U S that uh, we ought to take notice of over here in the UK and uh, the rest of Europe and Australia and all our friends in Asia too. So, uh, Tell us what what's number one that that's really taken off in the last sort of year eighteen months. Well, um,
1: networking has become a huge for us because with more people at home, especially you know people working at home now, and some people maybe not going back, decided that working at home works for them. The network, they realize how important it has become, and we've gotten so many calls to improve the networking infrastructure uh, and the Wi-Fi. With more people at home, more people using it, people are finding that. It was getting taxed or just didn't have enough coverage. We have a lot of people um, teaching their kids now at home, a lot of video conferencing, like like Zoom calls. Um, Beyond that, a lot of entertainment. More and more people here are cord cutting. I'm not sure if that's a a, a trend in Europe, but certainly becoming a trend here where people are moving away from cable and satellite and going to the Internet for almost all of their entertainment. And I mean, basically now, you know, we had a CD a few years ago. It was the, the theme, you know, own the network, own the home. And, you know, we've seen, you know, every job that we do, basically every touch point that we have involves the network, you know, virtually every product we put in now is smart in some way. And, you know, the more things you have, you know, we used to talk about vampire power, you know, all these things that were stealing electricity, you've got, you know, vampire network devices, everybody's on there leeching away the little bit of the internet. And if it's not a stable connection, um, there's problems. So... um, That's been a huge thing for us over this past year is networking service calls, going in there and, you know, making sure it's good and robust, pulling out uh, the internet providers, modem and router,
0: replacing it with something good. There are two things that I want to just pick up there. Uh, Number one, in the US, is it the same as it is over here where the the skill sets, people are wary about networks, they're wary about getting involved. A lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys and women have come into the business from an AV perspective. You know, they were excited about hi-fi, they are excited about home cinema. And the network is like a, a new skill. And, and for some, I, I feel it's uh, something they're a little bit wary of, not quite sure how to approach it. What What was your approach? And have you resourced in those people or do you work with outside contractors?
1: That's a that's a really great question because there's certainly, I mean, I, I would say you almost have gotten dragged into it. <laughs> it's kind of how we got into security. Um, I mean, it's off top a little bit, but, you know, builders were, were so insistent that, they had one vendor that did everything and that's how we got pulled into security. So networking it's, it's, you know, the, the options are either we take it over or nobody does it. And then, you know, so since all, so much of our stuff is dependent on it, we're finding that we're being held responsible for it, whether we've done it or not, we've, we've done what we can certainly to learn about it. Um, I, I took package offers an online course called the PCNA, um, my business partner Alan went to Cedia's um, week-long lo- week networking um, training, but I'd say you know the reality of it is networking can be very complex, especially when you start to get into like really managed networks and VLANs and things like that. So, I, I, you know, some of it is, is still is still learning. You know, one of the reasons why we like um, Luxel, they have a U.S. based tech support, so when we run into a problem, they can they can help us out with that. You know, either a team share or something. So. Um, it is. It, that That's certainly a valid question because it's getting more complex, but the reality of it is y- your integrators are probably going to be called on to do it whether they want to or not. And it, it, certainly if you can find somebody who has a background in, in networking, you probably could teach them other skills as well that would be helpful. Um, just, you know, for example, my lead installer, he doesn't really have any background in audio video, uh, but he's got fantastic construction skills. So, um, we were able to teach him the audio video stuff and we're able to, to, to utilize the construction site. Same with networking. I mean, if somebody was a, a, a terrific at, at setting up networks, you could teach him the AV stuff you know, to fill in the rest of his time.
0: And then the second point I wanted to make was uh, you talked about remote management, which is, again, it's a big deal over here. Uh, there's a lot of talk about it. And I, I get the sense that integrators are uh, concerned again about the resource issue of trying to do the, the remote management Even the remote management themselves, you know, like having guys on call to to check stuff. And and Parasol seems to be a bit of a thing over in the US. Is is outsourcing the remote management a thing for you guys?
1: It's not for our company right now. Again, we're we're small, we're all of four people. So we're we're a pretty small company. I do know like Parasol, one Firefly, these these companies. And certainly um, the um, recurring revenue model is huge in, in that. Um, we're still trying to find the the right fit for us. We use it more, I would say, for like as there's a problem, can't we log in and fix it? Um, you know it, it, oftentimes kind of our our company philosophy is if we can do it over the phone and do it from the store and it saves us a truck roll and it makes the customer happy, then that's a win for us. If it becomes, you know where we're spending more and more time, you know, needing to do it, we'll start, you know, we'd start billing for it or look to outsource it. But really right now we're using it more for like, you know, can we, can we recycle a power outlet to fix a problem? You know, just, can we go in and see you know, what something's doing? Um, but we, we have not adopted any of these services yet, but it's certainly on our radar because, you know, as you get bigger, everybody wants it to work and people kind of understand, I got to step back a bit. When we first, you know, kind of started thinking about, we, we were going to sell networking. We were like, gosh, you know, a $400, $500 router, who's going to buy that? I mean, that, you know, the, the internet service provider is giving that to the customer. Um, and you know, now nobody questions it. They understand how important the network is. So it's one of those things that um, you, you know, people have kind of become self-educated how, how important it is, and you don't need to sell them on it you know, if we if we start, I, I think it will become one of those things. Eventually it will be like, hey, look, you know, you understand how important the network is. You know, this is a service that can, you know, proactively help you around the clock or, or you know, whatever, whatever your, your, I guess your plan would, would be with them. We, we would certainly look into that. But as of right now, it, it's um, been more a tool to help us to, to avoid service clock rolls. It's primarily how we're using the, the remote access.
0: So networks, if you're not doing it, find out about doing it, get yourself trained and get involved or find somebody who does understand networks and bring them into your business in some way.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I almost don't know how you could be in this industry right now and not be touching the network in some way. You know, I, I will say we've had some customers and I'm sure it's the same over there as, as you deal with these larger, higher profile customers or especially people that are kind of tech adjacent themselves. Um, we've had a couple that have, they've wanted to bring their own guy in. Um, and, you know, we, with the understanding of, hey look you know once this guy sets it up it, it's yours there's been a couple people that are so into it themselves that's rare but it has happened um but again we just find out the best way to work with that person hey how how, how can we make his life as easy as possible to then make our our stuff work so but again if you're not in networking um I, I almost don't know how you can continue doing this stuff i mean you you can't sell a tv anymore without
0: being somehow on the network absolutely and the other uh point that uh, you mentioned briefly in when you were talking about networking, there was surveillance. So home security, uh, I think people are spending more time at home, certainly over here. And home security is, again, it's one of those areas that a lot of integrators maybe get involved in a little bit. But um, do you want to talk about your experience in and how you're doing more security?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, our company breaks down security into two different categories, um, security and then surveillance. So, you know, when somebody says security, in, in our classification, security is like a monitored alarm system, um, like somebody opened a door and it calls the police. For, for us, that's security. And then surveillance would be like a video component to that. So some people, you know, want, you know, basically people that, that have had alarms generally want to have a, a security, a monitored security system. But surveillance is something that we're getting asked to do more and more and more. And, you know, there's a lot of solutions out there. And I know it's really kind of an, an, an over-the-counter product, but they, they do a really great job. We've been doing a lot of ring. One of the things that we've been using ring for is we're placing existing floodlights on houses. Um, they have a floodlight cam. I mean, basically it goes up into the same mounting bracket as an existing kind of you know dumb um, floodlight. You, you put the, the ring cam or the, the floodlight in. And I mean, it's a, it's a short install. Um, it gets you another touch point into the, the customer's house. Um, it's a very easy system to use. And so we've been doing more and more of those um we certainly prefer a you know a pro solution when we can do it like you know we're, we're a control four dealer we like to do their their doorbells when we can because they certainly integrate better but unfortunately some of these you know um i'm going to call it the diy some of the diy solutions are um more friendly to install you know you don't need to have a you need get new power wire there you don't need to get you know any kind of a network wire in there you're not dependent on anything so you know we kind of look at whatever is the best solution. Um, for that specific application and, and go with that. And, you know, you can buy, um, you know, Ring has their Pro-X line, you know, designed for install community. Um, you can buy it through distribution. Um, so you can certainly sell it and, and, you know, make some money on it, of
0: course. Right, let's move on to motorized lines. Uh, this is also big for you?
1: Been huge. Uh, this, has been, this past year has been a huge year for us in motorized shading. And we do Hunter Douglas and we do Lutron, our primary shading lines. And it's one of those things that, you know, you really can sell on every single job. You know, everybody has window shading for privacy or for keeping sun, well, keeping the gray, the gray days away, like maybe over there. But, um, you, know, you know, we live uh, in Myrtle Beach, you know, a lot of sun here. Um, and so, you know, keep out the sun, you know, protects flooring, protects carpeting. There, I think the awareness—it's just under one of those categories that have that become awareness has been raised. People have always had blinds, and you don't have to explain to somebody the benefit of a motorized shade. They immediately understand. I don't have to walk around my house and raise and lower these blinds all the time. It just does it. And I—I I have a lot of of cool technology in my own home, but when people are over. And every day at sunset, when the blinds all drop, that's the thing that blows people away. And what's really what's really helped our shading business is that almost every company now has a battery-operated solution. And so Lutron, I think, goes up to like a 12 by 12, um, 12 foot by 12 foot. Uh, or maybe that's, uh, what, uh, 3.9 meter by 3.9 meter. Um, But that you could do a really large window with battery. So it's almost, you almost could do any existing window um, retrofit. And just being able to go in and do that, that, that's opened up. And I mean, we've, my business partner has been, I mean, I think he's had uh, three six-figure shading jobs this year. Those, I mean, the, the really big ones are always new construction because it's so much. But People love it, and I, I, the reliability, I, I honestly cannot think of a shading service call we've ever had to do after the fact. Um, if you get them installed straight and square and level, they, they just work, um, and, and they integrate with everything. I mean, you know, like I said, we're a Control 4 dealer, but, you know, both Lutron and Hunter Douglas, Control 4, Savant, Crestron, they're, they're great.
0: Why do you think it's over the past year that people have really got into motorized shading? Is that because of the pandemic, people being at home more, or what? I don't know, maybe, I think just some of these things just need
1: a re- awareness to be raised. Um, and it's kind of, you know, as more shading jobs are out there, there's more m- more people come over and see it. Um, we also, um, we put shades in our store. We hadn't, you know, for the longest time, we didn't kind of think it was something we needed to show. Um, you know, you could describe it, but I, I think also showing it has helped people to understand it. And also, again, with, with Lutron specifically, the shades are so quiet that sometimes, you know, people have heard them before and it's kind of like the loud, you know, motor. And to, again, I think to have it in a store um, and people can see it and, and see how elegant that it is, but I, I think it's just, I think mainly it's just been awareness. And also with, with all the battery options, we've been able to present it to more people. Um, I mean, it, it, it could certainly be something to do with the pandemic, but people have, People have shades and blinds, and it seems like it's more of a lifestyle motivated. Well,
0: there's a there's a trend that gets uh, talked about quite a lot uh, around circadian rhythm and wellness and everything like that, and shading is part of that solution. I know. So, do you think that's a driver, or is that really not taking off yet in the US?
1: We have not you know, had anybody that's come in and asked about it. Uh, I know you know, all the, the companies are, you know, human-centric lighting is such a huge thing and all that. We, we've, uh, t- to my knowledge, not a single person has come in and asked about that yet. Um, I love home theater. That is really my passion. My partner, Alan, he loves lighting. Once um, kind of um, the things open back up again, I desperately want to get him to, to go to Lutron and go through the Ketra training. Um, because I have, I have no doubt with with his passion for the the category already that, that he'll he'll sell Ketra left, right, and center. He 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 loves it, um, and I know you know some of those things. Maybe less the the, the human centric element, but like the tunable lighting, where you can highlight you know certain, like art you know or or things like that. I think those are all things that um, they people have to experience them. And I think that that's, you know, part of, part of becoming Ketra certified is, you know, you have to put it into your showroom and, and have so many zones of lights that you can demonstrate. And I, I, I feel like um, it's an experiential thing, kind of like the shading. And I think once we bring it into our showroom, like we did the shading, that our, our, our sales of that will increase. But, you know, again, we're, but it, it, uh, some of this stuff, unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't have the, the last couple of CDS you know, the last maybe the way that we wanted. And, and then some of the, the, the training has been curtailed. Um, the catcher is still, uh, or the, the, you know, the Lutron's version of the tunable lighting still relatively new. And uh, I really, um, we haven't had a chance to, to, to go and get trained up on that. And I, but I think that, um, I think that's going to be maybe the next wave of certainly of, of lighting control. And I, I think you'll have to experience it. It's one thing to say, oh yeah, we have human centric lighting, but, but it's, a, it's another thing to actually like live with it. And I think once it starts getting out there. Then I think it'll start, you know, kind of growing on itself a little bit.
0: I think one of the other questions around motorized shading, particularly in this country, I mean, obviously we don't have the glorious sunlight and sunsets necessarily that you have, um, but over here there's a sense that uh, the price for motorized shading does add up and it can sort of take away from perhaps the AV side of the budget. Um, Do you have that issue in the US?
1: uh, I think the price is probably still the same. So by the same, I mean high. I wouldn't say that it takes away from the AB side. Um, People have a budget for shading already, right? You're going to have window shades. And so it's not something that's a new line item. Um, It's a more expensive light item, but I think it's one of those like, like kind of any luxury product. Um, If, you're talking to somebody who can afford it. If you can present them the lifestyle of it, the the, the price is not going to really be a burden to them, you know, or a barrier to them wanting to get it. I have yet to have somebody that said, well, I'm buying the shades, so now I can't do the TV. Usually our, our customer, it's not an either or, and I'm going to say probably most of your customers not either or, but I mean, again, it is, they, they can certainly add up. Like, you know, my, like I said, Alan, He's got a couple of six-figure shading jobs right now. And when you start talking about a, a large house where, you know, 40, 50 shades, you know, at, at 1,500, 2,000 apiece, they, they start to add up. Um, so what we find is some, some people will kind of ease their way into it. And that's what the battery is nice. And it's like, I want to start in this room. It's like, okay, you know, we're going to come put these four shades in. And then they've let it say, oh gosh, well, you know, now it's a, and it, it just kind of creeps throughout the rest of the house.
0: Okay. That's a great idea. You know, let's start small, but you can easily upgrade to the rest of the house or other rooms. Can't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, having that, that's another, another really great reason to have a, maybe some different um, vendor partners. Um, I would say certainly Lutron is our premium solution. Um, Hunter Douglas, um, they have some less expensive offerings um, and also a bunch of different fabric choices. So having having more than one partner is a a great way to kind of broaden your portfolio and also, you know, to maybe, okay well, you know, maybe we can't do a Lutron on this job, but we'd like to still do the shading. Well, you know, maybe we can do 100 Douglas. Um, and, And sometimes it's just, you know, it's the simple little things like, you know, a Lutron power supply is pretty expensive, you know, just that one component compared to say a hundred Douglas power supply. So, I mean, it does add up, but um, I, I've I've yet to see somebody say, hey, look, we know that the shading is, we can't do the other stuff because we're doing the shading. Gen- generally, it's like they already understand they want to do the shading or they're going to have some shading.
0: Okay, so you are a self-confessed AV nut. Big time, <laughs> give me something AV related that's been good for your business this year. I'm gonna say, up to the last couple of years,
1: uh, the number of people that had come in and asking about record players you probably could count on one hand, it just it just rarely happened. And usually, it would be that guy right around Christmas I want to play my Christmas records, I just get me a record player. But um, we have more and more people um, come in asking about you, you know. Vinyl. They want to get back into it. Um, I, I sold three turntables in a week one time, which might not sound like a lot, but I mean, for us, that's just I- insanity. Um, and so we, we brought a turntable in. we have an, a, a little uh, monitor audio two channel system um, that, that we can show with vinyl. And um, I, I think it, it's great because um, it has people connecting, like physically connecting with their, with their music again. And you know, a lot of times, you know, when people are are listening to to vinyl specifically, um, it's a it's a, a chosen act, right? You're 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 picking out the record, you're putting it on, you're sitting down, so you're you're back into active listening, which I I think that's great for the whole you know our whole industry. The more people are, you know, paying attention to it, the more they're going to be into quality. We also, I mean. And this is probably more of a unique American thing, but maybe over there. I mean, bigger TVs, bigger and bigger.
0: Oh, hey, they're getting bigger here, too. Yeah. You up to a 40 inch now? (laughs) Yeah. Forty two. Forty two. Wow. Hey, easy, easy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I can I can remember, again, when I started um, a, a 27 inch TV in a bedroom. Um, and it was on a, a, like a gross looking hospital arm mount on the wall. It was just, you know, and now I mean, routinely 55 and even 65s in bedrooms, uh, bedrooms are getting bigger. People are spending more time in there. TVs, you know, um, it's almost all screen. Um, and so, you know, now, um, Samsung just launched a 98 inch Sony a 100 inch. Um, we, we brought in, in our showroom, um, we show, um, a 49, 55, 65, 75, and an 85 in direct view displays, uh, in, in our, one of our demo rooms, you can stand kind of in this one mental middle point, and you can see the same picture on three different 65, 75, 75, and you can kind of look and see, and you can instantly see the different sizing and kind of visualize how it would fit in. Um, People upsell themselves, and, and the reality of it is, it used to be such a price premium to go from a fifty-five to a sixty-five or bigger, and and now it, it it's you know really often not that much. You can get a flagship eighty-five inch TV for like under three thousand dollars. It's crazy. I mean, I I love front projection, I, and I think that's always going to be the the, the premium in the dedicated room. But you know, you can get a hundred inch screen now for these media rooms, and again over here. In our market, um, we don't have basements because our water table is so high. So you, there's no basements here in, in Myrtle Beach area. And a lot of our customers that have um, the, the funds to do a dedicated room, they're buying these million dollar lots that look at the ocean. And they, they don't wanna you know, darken out all the windows. And you know, we don't really have the dedicated room for a media room anymore, or a home theater. So you're often competing with all this ambient lighting. Um, and and that's I mean t- to have a hundred inch display in there where you can still have a cinematic image in any lighting condition, um, and you know now the question is going to be how are you going to you know decorating around it obviously is going to be a, a choice, but you know if the guy can afford a hundred inch display maybe he gets a fantastic future automation lift or
0: something that that hides it away. I was going to ask you about that. You know the the it's obviously the bigger the TV you can do a really nice solution with future automation lift. And the other thing I think that I, I'm not sure again, if it's an issue in the U S but uh, over here, the, the challenge with large format displays is you can get super excited about the size of the screen, but heck, you know, the logistics to get them into some of these houses and up stairways. And you know what it's like over here in the UK where we've got uh, less space than you have uh, to think about the logistics absolutely first, before you actually specify what, what screen the client's going to get. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny because i i
1: just i wrote my column for sound and Vision recently and i was kind of reminiscing on that and i I can remember when, when when again when I started um you know these massive rear projection TVs were the thing and part of a sale and I can remember we were a pioneer elite dealer and you know the, the pro 720 HD was a 64 inch 16 by 10 aspect ratio monster i think it weighed 400 pounds. Um, part of, part of the, the, the sale of that was often a job site check. Um, what's it going to take logistically to get this thing in there? Because, you know, we, you know, we bought these, um, special industrial suction cups where you could, you know, four guys could hold it two on a side and lift this thing up and carry it. And, you know, could you make the turns? Could you get it up? You know? And, um, so yeah, we do. And it depends on the on the job. But again, now with with the TVs, we and we've yet to sell 100, but the 85s, um, they often won't fit into a residential elevator. Um, you know, there, you know, we have quite a few of those over here. Um, so we've yet to have a, a, an install where we, we couldn't get that in over here. Um, but certainly somebody if you had a smaller stair landing, I mean, you'd have to get creative, you know, you could probably stand it up and turn and twist it, which is certainly easier to do now than it used to be. Um, but I, you know, I, I will say that the the one, the one time that I can remember this, this goes back to shading, not lighting or not uh, TVs. Um, we did a, um, a really large Lutron shade in a high rise condo or high, high rise ocean front townhouses. And I think it was like on the 22nd floor. And I, I, I was so excited about the sale of the shade i didn't even think about actually getting it into the guy's house or into his, his townhouse and we get there and um we we, we try everything it won't fit in the elevator because this thing is like 14 feet wide and it's a solid piece there's no bending it or folding it and we it, we can't get any we can't even get it into the the stairwell to turn it to try to you know and so my lead guy, he he fabricated this block and tackle system, and we hoisted this thing up at the outside of the building on a pulley. While well, this, it's over over the pool that we you know we we broke up this whole area in the pool, and it's just going up the side of the building. And um, you know, my guys, I got it. They, you know, they they figured out we, we got it done. But I, you know, it's, I I totally honestly, you know it's not often. That I go into work for my job and think, man, we could kill somebody today. <laughs> so yeah, but logistically, again, if you're going to sell a TV that big, um, you, you might, especially the hundred, um, you might need to start thinking about, you know, how am I going to get it? And that's kind of one of the things that really has me excited about these new uh, micro LED panels. Um, right. I mean, like the Samsung wall, they're, they're a bunch of like little bricks um, and, you know, you, you bring these little bricks in and build it whatever size you want, you know, logistically, you, you get away from all of that. Um, so that's, to, to me, that's one of the potentially awesome things about these little things. Unfortunately, the price is still awesome. <laughs> but um, um, I, I think, you know, again, it's to, to 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 build up, you, you don't have any of those issues. Um, but before we leave displays, what, one thing I would say is, again, I've been doing this a long time. and. I have never had a customer ever, and I mean with no hyperbole, ever come back and say they wish they'd gone smaller, ever. Um, and it doesn't matter what size it is, the very first reaction is, oh my God, that's so big. Um, a week later, it's like, no, oh, you know what? I think we want the right size. And then a month later, you know, we could have got a little bigger. Um, you 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 get used to that on the wall really quick. Uh, and again, probably as is, is you know your integrators would say as well. You know you want to you want to be mindful of the geometry in the room and in the space. You, you don't want the TV to be overwhelming, right? And so you know like again we'll we'll do a lot of even you know even though we we don't love putting TVs over mantles. Unfortunately here that's still a, a, it's still a primary design of the room and it's often the only place that it can go. But you, you don't want a TV to be bigger than the mantle because it looks it just looks out of balance.
0: So uh, last one, we had five great tips. the bonus one. Yeah, I think you want to talk about sound bars.
1: Yeah, you know, um, it, it, it's certainly not a luxury item, um, but um, everybody, again, you, you, you don't have to educate people on the fact that TVs sound terrible. Um, in fact, it's often something that customers will bring up to start. And you know, when you go back, when we were first selling these TVs, you know, I look back at the the, the hulking pioneers, they had like six by nine car audio speakers, and they were huge because they, they had this gigantic cabinet with all this space. And then, you know, as we started going to, to flat panels, they would put these fair size speakers off to the side of them. And then, you know, we would get down, we'd have it in the bezel. But now it's like the TV, there's literally no bezel they're, you know, a half an inch thick, um, where, where are you gonna put a speaker? Um, so, you know, most times it's on the back firing into the wall and, and people understand, you know, that th- that the sound is not great. They can't understand the dialogue because more and more of a, of a problem that we're hearing. Um, so we certainly, you know, we we, uh, we try to sell, you know, a surround sound system. You know, it's, it's our first, you know, we still think it's the best solution, but sometimes, for a variety of reasons. Um, they don't want the complexity. They don't want the added cost. It might not be possible to do an install. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about another bedroom and the house has already exists, they just want to make it better. And so having, having a good line of sound bars uh, that you can offer, it's a fantastic add on sale. Um, and so, you know, we, we sell, I mean, Sony, we're a Sony diamond TV dealer. We sell a lot of Sony sound bars. They make a, a huge range of products. Um, we also do um, Sonos. Um, you know, those are, those are kind of our, our two primary bar offerings. We also, I like mentioned before, we're a monitor audio dealer. Um, they make a, I, I call this of a soundbar, more like an LCR, um, where it's a, it's a left center and right. When we're doing a more traditional system over a fireplace, for instance, where they want a true surround system, but, um, they don't have the space for a, a, an LCR. We do, we do that kind of all in one bar. Um, but sound is a great add on people often will, will sell it for themselves. It's like, you know, I know the TV is going to sound terrible. What do I, what do I need here? Um, and so very little install time, a, a great add on sale. And often it's one of those things that you could do multiples in the house. It's like, especially if they experience it, oh my gosh, that sounds so much better. I need to do this in here. Um, and if, if you're talking something, you know, like a Sonos or, you know, if you're a Heos dealer or a Blue Sound dealer, um, it, it's a fantastic way to open it up to to, to add-ons. For, for Housewide Audio, um, you know, I can't, I can't tell you how many Sonos soundbar sales have translated into multiple Sonos speaker sales around the house. Um, and it's like, because once people get used to, like, oh wow, I can do my music on this, and I can do this, and it's like, then they come back, and and oftentimes, you know, they're 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 selling it to themselves. Um, so it's fantastic, people, you know. And, and and for us, Sonos is one of the very few products that we sell where I can hand somebody a
0: box. And uh, here I'm going to say something provocative here where we care much more in Europe about how the room actually the aesthetic looks there are some great soundbar solutions now aren't there that, that can fit with the decor that much easier the, the right size for the TV you know you can you can get your your selection right. Oh yeah I mean
1: again manufacturers are offering these great custom options to size and to finishes you know so you can, um, you know, you can make it look like however you want it to look. Um, so again, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that barrier to entry, um, that it's the kind of the cheap plasticky box anymore. Um, but, you know, again, certainly if, if you're talking about, a, you know, $299 add on it, it's, it's probably, it's probably not going to have the, the Hyde finish <laughs> that you might would want to have, but, uh, it'll, it'll sound better than the TV speaker. <laughs> that, that's for sure.
0: Thank you, John. Great to talk with you as ever. If you enjoyed this show, then please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Integrated HomePod, Twitter at Int and Facebook and LinkedIn at The Integrated Home Podcast. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of AWE, Sony and distributed by Meridian. We are a Wildwood production. The Integrated Home supports Together for Cinema. Together for Cinema is an AV industry movement that designs and installs cinema rooms in children's hospices across the UK. In these special places children, their families, staff and volunteers are now enjoying fantastic movie experiences together. We want to build more rooms in more hospices for more children. To do that we need your help. Visit togetherforcinema.co.uk and find out how you can be involved to help make short lives that little bit better.